Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. On the record by the priest. Today is May 14th. 2018, I am traveling automobile. I have to uh, pick up Mesohead Steps. And um, I'm not able to see who's on the call at this moment. But um, let me see. Uh, is there anybody that can see who's on the call? Sure, but I could check for you in just a second. Thanks, sir. Yes, sir. We got Texas, North New Jersey, Southwest Georgia. Myself, Southwest Georgia, and Georgia. Texas is that Sister Shamise? Salam, yes, it is. Salam, Sister. Uh, New Jersey. Brother Bradley? Yes, sir. Salam. Uh, Georgia, Montavious. Yes, sir. Um, then you said Southwest, so that's Brother Eric, Sister Crystal. Yes, sir. So that's everybody, brother? Yes, sir. All right. Um, so, Sister Chinese, what did we cover last week? Last week, we were discussing about, um, about the Christ and how they had to have qualities like David. And, and, uh, you, we were discussing about the four words that they had removed from the Bible. Oh, yeah. That's right. So, every time we do this class, I usually pick out one individual that I believe is taking good notes. And this time, it just happens to be Sister Sanit. And I didn't start this last year, but before, it was, um, who was it? Uh, Sister Tyra. Before then, who was it? Uh, oh, brother that's no longer with me. Um, 
I'm not going to even mention his name. Because uh, he did us dirty. So the qualities of the Christ really revolve around around David, and that means the individual would have to be a uh, a, a great military strategist, uh, a military leader. Would have to be a general. You know, they had those good a good qualities. Of course, without to know how to erect government and know about government law and commerce, it has to be good with uh, understanding the law and understanding the interpretation of the law. So, in law, there's what happened was there was first the oral law. So let me explain the oral law. All right. There's certain things that we just know are right and wrong. And we just talk about it. So like in the in the in the hood we, we would say what goes around comes around. That's kinda like oral law, meaning like you know what goes around comes around. Why are you doing that? You shouldn't have did it. Because you know it's going to come back on you. That's like oral law. Um, yeah, it's like oral law. Uh, Brother Martavius, that makes sense. Yes, sir. Can you explain it? Give me an example. Are you there? Yes, sir. Can you explain and give me an example? Could you please repeat it, brother? I heard you say um um the oral it first started at oral law. Yeah. The oral law is that oh, which we Oh, excuse. Oh, you can go ahead, brother. I'm listening. Oral law is what we do just amongst us. This is how law started. Um, um what we would talk about amongst us. So oh. we know certain things, and everybody knows that we know what's right and what's wrong. Can you give me an example? Um. Yes, sir. Um. I can say from um, a historical point, um, before the law was transcribed to, or before paper was even um, invented, we passed down the laws, oral law from um, between our family, and we kept it amongst our own people. So we would pass it down. I would tell my child, and my child would tell. Um, they children when they had children, and that's how we um, kept it amongst our our nation and and our youth. Thank you, brother. Um, 
Brother Bradley, can you give me an example of something that we could consider to be oral law? Um, I would say maybe a, uh, maybe like eating a certain food, um, or maybe like a, uh, maybe like a traditional, like, um, you know, medicine that, you know, grandparents may use and it's passed down to us, like something of that nature that I give. Thank you, sir. Shalom, brother. Would this be an example of something that became law in, like, most of the Negroes' neighborhood um, when most people, like, say, like, you shouldn't snitch? Yeah, that's a good example. No, no snitching. It's like, I mean, it's not good that it's an example, but it's a good example of something that would be, uh, like, oral law. It's like, it's just... A lot of it is like on that tip, I think a lot of that is fear of getting murdered <laughs> and um you know, that that's part of it, but yeah, that would be definitely an example. Brother Eric, what are your thoughts? Along, like something like uh uh you uh, I, I would say something like uh a certain language like if a uh, a baby wants to hit some hit you you know you know how they be slapping at you they hit you in the face and you from from an oral standpoint, we teaching them manners like uh, don't hit and uh, you know different languages. Don't curse. Uh, I would say uh, that's really just something. Uh, I would say common, common sense or, or something like that. That's what I would think it was. Is that how you? Know? Thank you, sir. Uh, Sister Shani. When I think of Lola, I think kind of like how my house is ran. Children can't just walk into, walk into the kitchen and go in the refrigerator. So it's just known like you can't do it. You're not allowed to do it without it having, been, without it having to be said to, to the children over and over again. It's just, they just know that's the rule. Yes, ma'am. Thank you that very good example. Uh Sister Christian. Um, um I guess different things like when uh just speaking in general like to older people they'll tell you different things like don't burn your bridge down because you may have to go back across it. You know, simply meaning you know you want to treat people like the way you want to be treated and you leave on good terms so that if you have to you can go back to that situation or um, get that job back, whatever the case is. And then when we always hear, you know, word is bond, you know, make sure that, you know, you're um, a man of your word or a woman of your word. You do what you say and you stand up to that. And I yield. Thank you, Christy. That was great, great, great. Um, EK. 
Yes, sir. Um, another saying is like, what goes up must come down, denoting the law of gravity. Yes, sir. Good. Is there anybody else on the line, brother EK? Uh, just New York just joined in in mid-southeast Texas. Uh, sir. I'm your brother, um, Gavin. Yes, brother. Shalom. Shalom. Brother Ramya. Shalom, 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 brother. Um, how are you, brother? All is well. Can't complain. Huh? Yourself? I'm decent, brother. Live and kicking. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, um, oral law is 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 taught. It was taught amongst us. It was instilled in us, and everybody just knows you, you're not supposed to do this, you're not supposed to do that. You just know. Okay, well, sooner or later, uh, we stop. We start acting like we don't remember that. So, Brother Eric, you ever seen a situation where you notice that People stop acting like they re, like they know when something's wrong. You ever seen that before? Yes, sir. All the time. Among five people, the most. Can you give me some examples? Like uh, we had a an incident at work. So what they say, uh, this dude, he said, I give you, uh, he said he lost his phone. But he said he knows somebody picked it up because he just put it down. So he said, I give you $100, whoever find the phone, they'll give $100 to. So, you know, me and Mother, we looking for the phone, you know, and they uh, everybody looking for the phone. So uh, it was an iPhone, so they had a track on it. So he wound up uh, tracking the phone, and it was, one of the dudes who was looking for the phone, he had the phone. So the next day, the phone pops up because he couldn't get in it, and it pops up, uh, you know, uh, at work. So that he asked the dude, you know, who had the phone because whoever had the phone, they took it to plane. It was just one dude who stayed in plane. Instead of him coming forward, he just said, Oh no, I ain't. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It had to be somebody else, you know. And what you had over here? Wow. Wow. That's crazy. So, the iPhone can track you like, like he can track you wherever you go. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. So you mean like, okay, so somebody takes your phone and they go to California, get a track them there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wow. Brother Eric, you have an iPhone? 
I'm not sure I got a Galaxy. I don't think it's iPhone. No, it ain't no iPhone. I know I don't have one because mine's about five years old. <laughs> I don't have yeah. uh I, I definitely don't. So I didn't know that, though. That's very interesting. Sometimes, you know, like, every day I realize how much I don't know about what's going on in life as far as, like, I think about if I had to if I had to explain how a cell phone is made, I if a gun was pointed to my head, I couldn't do it. If I had to explain, you know, some of these things that we do every day, I I know I couldn't do it, but I definitely don't know anything about these phones. I definitely am behind the times or whatever. Just I am I don't have any knowledge on it. But nonetheless, so when you see well, let me see. Uh Sister Crystal, have you ever experienced something like that where you see where somebody just they forgot the our our basic quote unquote black laws? Salam. Um, I would, I know I, I I do, but I can't really think of anything particular. I guess I would just say basically, you know, around um, surrounding cities around us, there've been a lot of shootings lately, which is not a whole lot that we used to encounter. Um, so we had one recently where this young man. Uh, his mother and stepfather got into a confrontation. And the way that he decided to settle that because he was upset with the stepfather is he began to shoot. He was trying to shoot the stepfather, but one of the bullets ricocheted and he ended up shooting his mother uh, a few days ago. So um, I guess I was saying that, you know, in in the past we used to settle things through, uh, you know, reasoning and, or even, you know, when I was growing up, if you had to settle something, you fought with your, your fish, you know, you settled it that way. You know, you didn't try to actually take anybody out as far as taking their life. So in that aspect, it has changed a lot, and I yield. Thank you, ma'am. Oh, where did my table? What about you? Brother Martavius? Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. I, I can say um, I guess when it, you know, um, I can tell, you know, our people morally, like, like morally, we, we, um, we don't do things that Um, we used to as far as um, I guess you know like I guess allowing the family to meet your the person that'll be your spouse or or something of that nature. That's all I got. I, could, I, I try to think of something, and I use. Thank you, sir. 
Gavin, what, what do you think? Shalom. <clears throat> shalom, nation, and shalom, brother. Different changes. I would say that uh, hmm, I'm noticing more and more, like, uh, the urban areas of the, you know, United States, the urban areas that I've been to so far, you know, are starting to um, do a lot of, there's a lot of gentrification going on where you see more and more where in the communities that are African-American, you're starting to see more uh, so-called, you know, white Americans or uh, European-Americans, Caucasians, starting to flourish more in those communities. That's that's one obvious thing I see, especially on the East Coast. With with that, are you? Uh, okay. Brother E.K., what do you think? Can you repeat the original question again? Because I want to make sure I address it properly. Examples of stuff that we used to do in our community we should stop doing. Oh, um, trying to think. Um, we used to. Okay, like, I know, like, a little bit before my time, um, we used to raise our kids, like, as a community, like, our neighbors, we, our parents would know our neighbors, and our neighbors would sort of um, be on lookout for, like, whatever the kids were doing in the, in, the, in the neighborhood, and if they found the kids doing something wrong, they would notify their parents and say, you know, I'm going to tell your father, I'm going to tell your mother if you keep doing what you're doing. Um, we don't have that anymore. So it's caused sort of a lack of accountability in our community where um, we don't have a sense of camaraderie and unity anymore in terms of being each other's brothers and sisters keeper in that aspect. So that was something that I know was very pertinent throughout the 70s, somewhere in the 80s, and even somewhere in the 90s as well. But over time, uh, it started to really kind of decline, you know, and you can sort of see where, you know, a lot of the things that's going on in our communities is the reason why it's going on because we don't have that strong footprint with each other anymore. We used to be able to kind of have each other's back, you know. We used to make sure that whatever the kids were doing, all the parents, aunts, uncles, grandmothers, grandparents would know about it, everybody would know about it and handle it accordingly and would minimize the intervention of police enforcement, law enforcement, excuse me, because uh, we'd be able to, we were essentially policing ourselves in a way. So I think that's something that we got away from. That's a really good example. Very good example. How about this one? Uh, cursing in front of the parents and, and your elders, using curse words. You know, we got away from that. And the point of this is 
that is what oral law was. It's our, it's our basic morals. Our basic morals. And stuff that we know is right. So, Brother Eric, why do you think we got away from that stuff? You know, I'm I'm, I'm cutting hell, but at the same time, I'm going to I believe it it, it had to do with a little bit of uh, television uh, and the influence of... uh, that uh, the end thing, whatever was in, you know, and uh, that influence that had a big influence on our community. You know, they think they got something nice, you know, or better than he or she or keeping up with the Joneses. You know, that's that that's what it's about. And, and we flip from being family orientated to uh, being self orientated. And uh. And, you know, when they come into it, like you say, uh, we eliminated God out there. You go take over. Uh, other things happen that you, you know, you regret your action. And this is the consequence from from the actions that were laid down to, to uh, what's going on today. And with that, I yield. Thank you, sir. Uh, Sister Shanice, why do you think we got away from some of that stuff? I think it has to do a lot with environment changes, who we are around. For example, my cousin, the way it's certain things she agreed to or believed in when she was living in my household, and then once she moved out and she started hanging out with different people, slowly those beliefs just kind of slipped away from her, and she started to... um, do different things, I would say, and I think it's like environment, who you're around. If you're around certain type of people, you pick up their traits and their thought processes and their beliefs, and you just kind of get away from it at times. Thank you, ma'am. Brother Bradley, what are your thoughts? I would say uh, laziness. I'm lazy, and we uh, lack accountability. You know, that's why everyday responsibilities, and from there, just when something's not upheld correctly, it's just, and then no one there to correct the behavior. So from there, everything just goes downhill, and that's when we forget and. And then we forget it, just it can't be passed down anymore. So that's that I guess. Thank you, sir. Uh, Brother Ramya. Hey, Brother Priest, uh, could you uh, reword that, uh, that question again? Yes, sir. Why do you think that we got away from some of our morals? Well, um, we are not taught uh, none of our history. Um, we we got away from a lot of that stuff, and uh, uh, 
It has a lot to do with our behavior change. Um, we don't know self. We don't know anything about ourselves. Um, a lot of our culture, we don't know anything um, dealing with that neither. So um, it has a lot to do with those and much more in our year. Thank you for that, brother. Okay, is anybody else new on the line? No, sir. Hello, brother. Brother, uh, this is Brother Gavin. Yep. You know, I I realized when I um, answered your question, <laughs> I was all I wasn't really focused on the question. And I responded a little away from what the question was asked. I do apologize. Okay, brother. <laughs> um, well, well, Gavin, what what can we do to fix this? Shalom, brother. Shalom, nation. Um, I just think, you know, most, I, th- I think in every generation there's a, there was a, you know, going 50, 60, maybe 100 years back, this sort of influence of change uh, or not following rules or not following the order of the culture that keeps uh, general morals. Um, I think it has a lot to do with, the lack of, um, or the, I think, you know, the lack of willpower and the the the, the, the influence of, of uh, something that is not of your culture or someone other, someone else's culture being influenced on you or lifestyle or, or in, just inquisitiveness. You know, individuals want to try something different from what they're usually um, used to living that lifestyle or that keeping certain morals, you know, so they may be, you know, individuals may be enticed and it could be a, a group, a group effort, you know, of change. So I think the same way you was influenced individually or by a group, you could do the same thing to reverse it, which is, um, studying the laws, you know, of nature, studying the laws of the Most High, um, join more, you know, organizations that are geared towards success in life. It's really, I mean, and, and the only way you can start from, you know, by doing that and heavily be influenced is by starting with the use, you know, because most people, after you get a certain age, they used to doing certain things a certain way. They don't want to change. Um, so I would say educate the use, you know, uh, of, of where, you know, you're lucky at our age groups, everybody on the phone, you know, at, at being, a, you know, older than 20 years old, 
to find these sort of organizations that are heavily influenced with with high higher morals and higher thinking and higher learning, um, being in tune with with the Most High and being at peace with yourself. And with that, I am. Thank you, sir. You all, um, I'm I'm gonna be. 48 years old uh, next month. And in my lifetime, I can tell you that it was in the 80s where something changed with our morals. Now, coincidentally, is this a coincidence that Crack hit the streets in in eighty two. Is it a coincidence that um, guns start getting more prevalent in the eighties amongst uh, gangs and amongst our people? So I say this a lot, but when I was a child. I had leave my bike, and I remember doing this. I left my bike on the front lawn every night for a week. And I think I want to say 1977. All night long, I left my bike. I was seven years old. Nobody touched me. I remember it was such a great feeling that in the summertime we didn't have school and there used to be an 8 o'clock movie on the TV. And um, so at night, we, uh, my, me and my sisters, I have, I have two sisters that are younger than me. They're twins. And um, my mother... She would leave the front door open with the screen open, and it would just be the screen locked, but she'd leave it open, and then we'll get a nice cold breeze. We'll be eating some TV dinners and watching a movie uh, on the 8 o'clock movie, something like that, and then we'll be, you know, falling asleep. And we used to do that every night. The door would be just the screen door locked, and you could leave it like that all night long, and nothing would happen. Nothing. You didn't even, it wasn't even a thought of anything, you know. I don't know if anybody can imagine this, but maybe some of you are old enough to remember, but I'm just telling you, it wasn't even thought about drugs in our neighborhood or prostitution in our neighborhood or gang violence in our neighborhood. It wasn't even a thought. It wasn't even a worry. We we knew that there were gangs. Now, we had gangs in the 70s, but they they just dealt with their, their own hood. I mean, like, they were in their own place. They didn't come into the normal, regular neighborhood. 
They didn't come messing with the common people. They wasn't trying to recruit none of that. But for whatever reason, it switched right when this drug stuff happened. Martin Luther King's dead. Um, Malcolm X is dead. Black Panthers are dismantled. Nation of Islam basically dismantled. So there's none, none of those organizations between, like, I want to say, really like in 1980, it was pretty much over. They were uh, over a little bit before that, but you still had some Panthers holding on in 1980. You still had some splinter groups, the Nation of Islam. But, you know, it wasn't really, it didn't have any effect. They still don't really have any effect. Actually, I look at it now. Um Sister Chinese, do you think that the Nation of Islam with Minister Louis Farrakhan, do you think they have any influence in your neighborhoods or anything like that? They have no influence in my neighborhood. Have you ever seen them involved in your hood? No. I don't see Jehovah Witnesses. A few times I've seen Mormons, but that's about it. Hmm. Brother Ramya, what about you? Well, um, I see a lot of uh, a lot of guys now um, that's going towards the Muslim way of life, well, Islam way of life. Um, I got a um, a organization brother that's. Uh, that walking in behind uh, Muhammad, what his name is, that that Islam guy, uh, Farrakhan. Um, he actually is a member of uh, Islam. Um, a lot of friends that I know um, is becoming more of a Muslim and Kemet. Um, so it's a lot of changes that I see from the neighborhoods um, that from where I grew up and the surrounding neighborhood and a lot of places that I've been in that year. Interesting. What about you, E.K.? Um, there's organizations, but it's like, it's very uh, sort of fragmented. Um, it's not really like out in the open like that. I mean, there is um, there is a Nation of Islam temple, but I don't. They're not really active in like Massachusetts like that. Um, I mean, I do time to time see them on the streets and stuff like that, um, but mostly it's really just social organizations. Um, they're not really like 
out there like that, you would have to really just kind of know who's who and find them on your own accordance. But, um, yeah, I mean, but, but there's still people that are making, that are still doing work that, you know, that is still trying to, you know, clean up certain aspects of our community and providing outlets for young, you know, brothers and sisters to sort of have a voice and stuff like that. Um, and just there's a lot of mentorship, you know, programs here and there. But it's really you just have to know where to look um, and just who to who to kind of you know kind of connect with, so to speak. Okay. Well, I can tell you this for me. Um, none of these people. None of them have I ever seen in Detroit. I've seen Nation of Islam selling papers and bean pies, but I haven't seen them actually affecting the community and actually helping me, or I didn't even know about them when I was young. I I, I was a Muhammad Ali fan. I didn't even know Muhammad Ali was in the Nation of Islam until I got, like, I want to say 24 years old. And I grew up all through the 70s. Well, really, I want to say 76 on up because I would have been six years old in 1976, 77. I'm seven years old. So I, my conscious memories of Muhammad Ali um. I just, I never knew he was in the Nation of Islam. I want to say all throughout the 80s, I did not know he was in the Nation of Islam. Is there anybody that did not know that he was in the Nation of Islam? Shalom, brother. You know, to be honest, I knew, I didn't know he was actually in it. I knew he was influenced by it, but I didn't know until, like, later on down the line that he was actually a member of it. Yeah. Is there anybody else who did not, who actually did not know? Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I, I never knew also. So he was best friends with Malcolm X. Hmm. And yeah, he was best friends with Malcolm X. Malcolm X used to be at some of his fights. And um, I didn't know that growing up. I didn't know that. Shalom, brother. brother yep. This is Brother Gavin. Yeah. I, what I didn't know about him is that I didn't know his real name was Cassius Clay. More like in my early teens, late teens, when I started to see more of the documentaries, how he changed his name from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali. But I knew he was in the you know Nation of Islam because a lot of the documentaries you saw you know on TV or when uh, do you guys remember uh, Tell It Like It Is with Gil Noble? I remember. Okay, I you know we used to watch that a lot. You know, my father and my older brothers in the early eighties. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of documentaries when they showed um, Muhammad Ali's transition. That's when I realized 
that he was um he had another name. I, t- I just I just thought he was always Islamic, you know what I mean, and a part of the nation from you know from when he was coming up in in the boxing world all the way into his retirement. Yeah, um, I didn't know. I, I mean, I when I think about it, I never heard him talk about it. And I mean, Muhammad Ali is like some of. I'm, I'm thinking most of everybody here is too young to really know this, but back in the '70s, there, there were like I want to say '70s and '80s, but Boxing used to come on normal, regular TV. So, like, you would see, like, the one of the biggest fights, like, they do pay-per-view now. But these pay-per-view fights used to be on regular TV. So it would be a major event in the, in the, in the Negro hood. Like, if Muhammad Ali was fighting somebody, this was, like, if you can imagine, every single fight, that Muhammad Ali had or Sugar Ray Leonard, or if they were on TV, this was like a Super Bowl. So literally, if Muhammad Ali, if he fought, uh, let's say, this Friday, and then Sugar Ray Leonard fought the Friday after this coming Friday, well, then that's like having two Super Bowls. Because everybody gathers at your house or at somebody's house. You got pizza and chips and all of that. And it was so much fun. I mean, I I just, man. Then once our lead left, then it was Larry Holmes. And then, you know, Larry Holmes was the champ for a while, the heavyweight champ. It was all about the heavyweight champ back then. And, um... It was just such a fun time. So all of this stuff that we used to have house parties and, and where, you know, you get go in the basement, you know, play some records and everybody come in there and party. But then during the 80s, then that started, you couldn't do that no more because somebody's getting shot at every party. But um, it was just a real different time. And a real different spirit. Um, what can we do to get back to that? Or is it lost forever? Well, I'll tell you what we can do. We can find the people that have these kind of minds and move in the neighborhoods that think like this. And then move away from everybody else that does it. And there's all there's always going to be somebody that maintains some of these qualities, and um, so we should never be discouraged. All right. So if you can imagine, like how our people are today, it's like the, the our basic morals have left us. Don't talk back to your parents. Don't talk back to to your elders. Speak to them with respect. Don't curse in front of them. 
Don't come out with your half dressed. Sisters, don't come out half dressed with your um, breast hanging out and your your uh, rear end showing and you know all these uh, what do you call that thong um, whatever thong stuff where their thong is showing and none of that and at some point it just turned off and it was just gone. Can we redo it? Well, look. Same thing happened thousands of years ago. And it happened more than once. Mighty Strain in America, when they were actively having us enslaved, we had a lot better behavior. Where we were doing things that we knew was slavery. Now our people seem to think that they've got the American dream and they can act any kind of way. And then the younger generation seems like they don't even think, I don't even think they even know that there was a slave trade. What do you think, EK? Uh, you mean our people, uh, younger generation today, not knowing there was a slave trade? Or just yeah. everything in general. Yeah, not knowing that there's a slave trade. Yeah. Um it wasn't taught to them. Um and I don't think there was a ever pressing need to sort of remind them of sort of those conditions that existed that predated their time, so to speak. Yeah. And Shalom, but then I also think that um, in relation to your earlier point about how um, that some of our ancestors sort of had more quote-unquote polished behavior during slavery was, you know, when as opposed to now is because when, if you really, if we think about how, you know, when you're used to a strict course of instruction and a set time frame to do this, do this, and then you know the repercussions of your actions and the consequences of doing certain things, when that's no longer governing you anymore, where you have to be forced to sort of do it on your own, you sort of are kind of like you're lost. And so you don't know what you don't know what it feels like to sort of take responsibility for your own action. Someone had to do it for you, inevitably, in, indirectly, you know. And so that's sort of where I feel like over the course of time, that's sort of where some of the morality and our behavior sort of grow decrepit because a lot of times, you know, even the slave masters, they ruled with rigor, not saying what they did in certain excessive points was, was, was right, but, you know, that level of structure there was a sort of discipline that was there and then when that obviously goes away you got to redevelop that on your own accordance and i think that and i think that's what was causing a lot of the you know so some of the behavior that got us back into slavery that started to exist up to modern times as well thank you sir 
Um, well, I'm y'all. Would you rather have a Caucasian boss or a Negro boss? To be honest, I'd rather have a Caucasian than a Negro, to be honest. Why is that? Because um, it just, the way our brothers and sisters are today, they're trying so hard to be just like the oppressors. So I'd rather just deal with the oppressors until such time I get my own. Hmm. So, look, I'm in Round Rock, Texas. And Texas has a a bad reputation for uh, racism and lynching, stuff like that. And that's what I grew up believing. Well, look, driving down the street, I see at midnight Caucasian women walking down the street and they're not whores. They're not prostitutes. In the pitch black night with no no street light and they have no fear. Now, there are some Negroes where I'm at, there are a, a, a nice population of Negroes. Um, this particular neighborhood, there's Mexicans, Negroes, and Caucasians. But there's no worry about these these Caucasian women will walk to the store, walk their dogs, will jog at midnight. You cannot do that in Detroit. <laughs> if you want to, you you're gonna turn up dead somewhere, <clears throat> or at least you're gonna get mugged. Now certainly. Not every place in Detroit, not all the neighborhoods in Detroit are like that. Definitely not. And But there's enough of them to say that the, the neighborhoods that I've grown up in, I've walked the streets at midnight and stuff like that because I would know my hood. But if there's a Caucasoid woman walking in Detroit in my hood at midnight, that's a whore. <laughs> okay, but for me, where I am now, it is amazing. Now, look, all of the madness that we see going on in our neighborhood, you just got to think back to what we were doing the same thing thousands of years ago, more than once. 
and major catastrophes had to happen to us to get us back in order. And it seems like even now we're so comfortable that our people get murdered all of the time by the police. They go marching and all of that, but then they just go sit back down. Seems like they're comfortable. What are your thoughts, Brother Bradley? Yes, sir. Um, yeah, I just say we we just became complacent. You know, we're comfortable with this uh, standard of living. Slavery, uh, we had no uh, no will or desire just to uplift ourselves, our brothers and sisters, our children. So it was just like a never-ending cycle, and like you said, a tragedy or some type of Catastrophe will have to come to just get our minds to a point of like a survival mode. You know, because it's just, it's just not happening. You know, just with our everyday thinking, just the activities of our people just don't seem to um, get any better just with, you know, things that are happening like we shooting and us killing ourselves, we just we just don't care that I yell. Yes, sir. Brother Bradley, would you rather have a Caucasian boss or a Negro boss? Um yeah. I would say a Negro boss. I'd rather build my own people. So, yeah, he's uh, a brother <laughs> or sister. Thank you, sir. Brother Gavin, would you rather have a Caucasian boss or a Negro boss? I prefer uh, to tell you the truth to have a uh, Negro boss. I think. Um, it's, I think, you know, it's time for more and more, um, you know, people of uh, Negro ancestry in the North America to, to have that leading position, supervisor position, administrative positions, because the influence of the ones that are younger, even, you know, younger younger to that boss, or even if the boss is younger than you, but you, it, it gives you more of a, a proud feeling of the image of someone of your, of your own kind, ancestrally or culturally, that, that's in the lead role. And I think it'll, it'll rub off more better for younger adults or teenagers and even, you know, children to see that it's a common thing. It's not nothing to achieve, to do though, to be a, a, a leader, you know, having a leading role position. So I think that definitely I'll be much more um, proud to have a uh, 
Negro a Negro uh, boss with that idea. Thank you, sir. Well, I know for me, Caucasian people have continuously showed me respect, whereas Negroes have continuously showed me disrespect. And it is sad. We I would, like Gavin said, I would idealistically rather have a Negro boss, like the brothers are saying. But if I got to be honest, I just feel like my experience has shown me that Caucasian bosses, although I would not deep down inside trust them, they at least treat me better. And I had a Negro... This was, let me see, 90, I want to say 99, something like that. I I worked at a um, at corporation headquarters, and there was a Negro that was assigned over me. He was a, the, the boss. And he would come to me and would always be cursing at me and stuff. like. And I was noticing, like, he was treating me far worse than he was treating the Caucasian. For no reason. I was, like, I was quiet to myself, and all I did was work, 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 work. And what we were doing was, like, computer troubleshooting and working with operating systems and stuff like that. And he he would be cursing at me and all this, just talking bad. And I said, listen, I put him on the side. I said, could you, could you kindly, you know, not curse at me? You know. And... That's basically all I said. The day after that, no, two days after that, I got pulled into the higher boss's office. And I got fired. Really, I was working through a temporary agency, so basically they let me go. And it was before my 90 days. Now, I was really counting on that job to really change my life. And because I went from making uh, $9 an hour to making $14 an hour, I think it was, on that job. And I hadn't even been at the job 90 days, and they let me go. And I was told that it was because of that guy. And I think back on that. Well, I want to try to relate this to what happened to us. We got away from our morals. We started treating one another with with less and less respect. 
Our community started to deplete. And here comes some foreigners that come and enslave us. Then ended up treating us better than we were treating ourselves. And after coming out of that, we had to have written law. We had to have it have it written down because we just forgot all of our standards. It was just unbelievable. How can you forget what you are made of? How can you forget your standards? So quickly. Now here we can say, okay, it's the white man's fault. <laughs> oh, it's the white man's fault. Well, it's strange because he was he was kicking our behind, and we acted better. So when he stopped, now he sends in the drugs and the guns, and we act a fool. I don't know. But the written law had to be established as a reminder and as a precedent. So what this whole scripture is about, what the whole Bible is about, is that in the beginning, before the prophet Adam and the fall, The laws were oral. Now, granted, the people that were on the earth, like there were people that were on the earth before Adam and Eve, but they were building and growing and developing. So by the time you get to Adam, now we're talking about um, that was the beginning of civilization real civilization. But the laws were written in our hearts. So we had certain conduct that was just general moral conduct. We got away from it. We went into slavery. Coming out of slavery, Moses is the, well, we went to slavery to Egypt. Coming out of the slavery to Egypt, well, no, let me back up. First, there's a flood because we got away from the law. We come out after the flood, we're trying to rebuild this thing again. Then we go astray, and now we go into Egyptian slavery or comedic slavery. Come out of that. Now, we got to write it down. Because it's no longer in our heart. And as as Moses is, is dealing with us, you know, he goes up for about 40 days on the mount 
he calls back down, and now they got they're worshiping idols. Used to worshiping idols. They were worshiping idols in Egypt. Now, the purpose of the king, purpose of a nation, is so that we can govern ourselves and enforce our law. And if you get beside yourself under our own law, then we got a real good remedy, and it's called death. Put them to death, get rid of the act. What it's looking like to me <laughs> is that that same remedy is being carried out today. It's just by it out. And I'm not saying that everybody that's getting, um, getting knocked out of here have bad behavior, but we are our brother's keepers. So all of our behavior, our general behavior, our general moral code affects everybody. So if we are a people that are known for drug dealing and prostitution and gangbanging and that's predominantly, or if we're not doing one of those three, what are we doing? Rapping or playing some sports? Where's your doctor? Where's your attorney? Not just Johnny Cochran. Not just, you know, what's the guy's name? Clarence Thomas, Thurgood Marshall. We turn out more actors and sports figures than we do people who are competent in government law and commerce. Now, that's a problem. But we got to start somewhere. So it starts with you. But I really want to show the need for a king started just like this. Because the king is supposed to symbolize all of the good things about us. Not all of the, the bad things, not all of the not not the kingpins, the drug dealers, the Nicky Barnes and whatever the hell those other guys are. Frank Lucas, you know, now people are starting they used to be heroes. Now people are trying to say they snitches or whatever, whatever. But we we look up to pimps, drug dealers, prostitutes. Today we look up to artists that portray the image of pimps, drug dealers, and prostitutes. Sister Crystal, do you see this, what I'm saying here? So, um, yes, sir. Uh, basically, you know, things have stayed the same more than they've changed. Um, just the way we view things has changed, but the underlying problem is still the same. So, yes, sir, I do follow you. Yes, ma'am, it's, uh, it's still the same. Now, there are pockets of people everywhere 
and have good hearts, but a bunch of wrong information. There's a lot of Christians who are good people. A whole lot of good people that are Christians. And, you know, they're not troublemakers. Now, they might be lost in the sauce in any other kind of way, but not everybody amongst our people are bad. And there are good people out there that have the principles, the the positive and good principles that Christianity is supposed to represent. Those are people that we should be we should be okay to talk to. I know they can be dogmatic and they can you know, everything is praise Jesus and you're going to hell. A lot of them are like that. But some of them can be salvaged. But a king is supposed to represent all of the positive values. And they're supposed to be a reminder to us. Now, look at what happened with Barack Obama. Now, the whole world celebrated Barack Obama being elected, the whole planet. And I don't know. Um, let me see. EK, do you think Barack did a good job while he was in office? Um, to be honest, I really wasn't following him in his policies like that. But I would say that in comparison to Trump, I would say probably yes, even though I'm saying that very hesitantly. Um, But I do know that in the eyes of the people, he was like that token of good moral character in the eyes of the people. Whether or not his policies was right or wrong, people may have been blinded by that, but as far as his conduct and his behavior in the eyes of the people, I would say yeah, for the most part. Okay. Well, I mean, what do you think? Well, um, I don't, I didn't follow Obama like that. And I don't follow uh, Trump like that, but I do see a couple of things that he he's done, like the House Resolution uh, bill that he passed, uh, uh, honoring the 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 the, the slaves, African Americans from uh, slavery from 1619 to uh, 2019 in our year. Okay. Well, Donald Trump, a lot of people, it seems like there's more people that don't like him than those that do, but I don't know. But my point is, if you have a leader 
you don't want there to be a leader who is going to insult his own citizens and make enemies out of his own citizens. That is just just completely heinous. And I understand if they're corrupt and you're to clean it up, but you can't go about it and expect to get their support if you if you just are attacking them like he's been doing. But anyhow, a leader, male, female, alike, needs to be the moral character of the people. That's what they represent. So if if we don't have that, we don't have something that we can continuously um, be reminded of is possible. So with David, and he, he is the prototype of the Christ, we had faith in him. We believed in him. He was an honest man. He had things that he did that weren't so cool. But even in that, we still recognize that he was a good man. Solomon gets in in the office. Solomon was wise, and then at the end, he went astray. Solomon's son, Rehoboam, Rehoboam, he gets in the office. And this Negro loses his damn mind. He was really kind of too young, I, I would think, or he was at least. He wasn't developed enough to be prepared. And it showed. Because basically our life under him was worse than than it was in Egypt. And it's because of him that our 12 tribes split. So I want to show you the progression here. We start off cool while we weren't actually developing civilization completely. But, and it was written in our hearts, the law. Then the fall comes, and this baby, Cain, has this wicked mind and this wicked spirit. So if you can imagine, Basically, whatever that first one is that accomplishes something or does something or, you know, what have you, we'll refer to every thing that it, like it, that is similar to having the same kind of name. Like, like for instance, 
I always use this Barbie doll. So Barbie doll is a Caucasian doll, and then, you know, they created Negroes, one of the Negro uh, versions, where they created Imani. And Imani, they would refer to Imani as the black Barbie doll. So that means the original Barbie, Caucasian, is the prototype. Cain is the prototype of wickedness. So if somebody's acting like how he was acting, what do we say? You in here raising Cain. Anybody heard that heard that said before? Yes. I heard that expression, yeah. And never even thought of the connection. You, you know? never think about the connection. You never do, but that's exactly what it is. That's how ancient we are. That this has remained in our in our oral law. We we still understand it. Well, now you got this Rehoboam, who's causing this division because basically he's oppressing the people so hard. But the people are like, man, can can you, you know, lean up off us, man? Damn, like, Negro, you just too, you just too much, man. Just chill. That's basically what we're saying, right? He's like, oh, really? Well, guess what? Well, what he did was he went and consulted with his his little crew. They were all his age. They're like, man, forget them, man. Just, just imagine some young guy today, because it's exactly the same. Forget them, man. Make them work harder. Then he goes and consults with the with the elders, and they're like, look, you got to know how to deal with your people, and you got to get, you got to be able to respond to them. So they're giving him wise counsel. So he decides, well, you know what? Forget that. I'm just going to go with what my, my my crew is talking about. And y'all going to work harder. So they're like, you know what? You're an unjust king. You don't represent what we're supposed to be representing. And you're enslaving us, basically. You're enslaving your own people. So you know what? We're going to leave you be. So... That would be, what, 11 tribes? They're like, man, we are out of here. And that's how the kingdom split. That's how the the kingdom of Israel split. We got fed up with our own people, our own king treating us like that. Because we knew that he wasn't acting like like his grandfather. He wasn't anything like David. David represented everything that we really were about. So naturally, we're looking for another David. David became the prototype Christ, the prototype king. So naturally, once the other tribes, they, they this kingdom split now, Judah, because Rehoboam was the tribe of Judah, 
and all the all eleven of the other tribes went to the upper part and they split the kingdom. So the upper part became Israel, lower part became Judah. Then Benjamin said, you know what, Judah's my my closest, so Benjamin eventually goes and joins Judah in the lower part of the kingdom. So now there's ten tribes in the upper part, two tribes in the lower part. So we were messing some things up here. Well, we were looking for that prototype to return to bring unity back to the 12 tribes. We were looking for another King David with the same heart as David. And this is why he became the prototype Christ. Because of his character, because of who he was, how he conducted himself, we need another David. Now, we're talking hundreds of years where we're going like back and forth between Israel got a king, Judah has a king. Eventually, Israel goes into captivity. The ten tribes go into captivity in Assyria. Judah still is in power in Judah, in the kingdom of Judah. We're looking to produce somebody with that mind of David that's going to bring us back. So this is what was going on in the time of Yeshua. And everybody knew this. There was enough of us that knew the oral law, because at that time we weren't under our, our own law anymore. We were under the Roman law. And I think during his time it was uh it was Tiberius uh of Tiberius Caesar Augustus, I think that's what his name. But he was the Caesar that they talk that they're talking about. Tiberius. He reigned from uh I think fourteen AD to 37 A.D. Now listen to me carefully. You got to be real careful about what I'm about to say. So I'm going to say to you, you need to really keep this to yourself. Yeshua's birth records and death records were maintained. They executed him, or they put him into crucifixion is a better way to say it. April 7th, 35 A.D., I think it was. Yeah, I think it's 35 A.D. 
April 7th, 35 AD. I forget the exact year he was born, but I think it was like, I think it was 3 BC, March 25th, 3 BC. So three years before the Christian era. His death record says April 7th, 35 AD. Tiberius Caesar Augustus was in power. And right after he died, it gets a little bit cloudy about the history of who was controlling the whole of Israel. But we do know that the Roman government was in control. They ordered, they made it illegal to practice the Hebrew faith. And they were killing us for being Hebrews. But during this time where we're leading up to Yeshua, we're looking for another David. So we're looking for a tremendous uh, military general and strategist. And we're looking for somebody who understands government. And what he was doing, he was trained to, to understand this. So when he's going out, preaching the word, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, he is not talking about a place in the sky. He is talking about uniting the upper and lower kingdoms again. And in doing that, I can't, I can't, I can't access my notes because my computer is doing some type of update, so um, I can't access the scriptures right now. But when he's saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, the kingdom of God is at hand, he's talking about a united, the original united kingdom. He's trying to unite. Israel and Judah again. He's trying to to unite it again. He's trying to get all the 12 tribes to come back. That was what his life and his mission was. That's what he was trying to do. Now, if you understand what I'm saying here, what the original intent of the oral law was, was that it was our 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 unwritten morality? So what he was saying is, if any of you teach these least commandments or throw these commandments out, you'll be known as the least in the kingdom of heaven. Now, if you understand what that means, 
um, Sister Shanice, what do you hear? I don't know if I'm saying it well enough, but hopefully you can get something out of Can you explain to me what am I trying to uh, say? Can you share with us what you picked up from that? Mr. Shanice, are you there? Crystal, can you um, share something with us? No, I'm brother. Will you repeat the question? Um. I'm trying to see if that what I was saying, if you got something out of what I was trying to explain what was going on. Um, okay, so you're saying the kingdom of heaven or God is at hand. Um I guess what comes to my mind is basically what you're saying about us being the sons and daughters of the creator. So um, I I don't know. And and just with us being a whole, just our whole entire existence being a part of nature then that will obviously mean that we he would be wanting to reunite the kingdom because we are part of that particular type of um, heavenly body when you think about dealing with the most high. And I yield. Thank you, sister. Okay, so remember, we're in slavery under Rome at that, at that particular time. When he's walked the earth, we're in slavery under Rome. We don't have a king. We hadn't had a king for a couple hundred years. I think it was, or at least it was over a hundred years. Can't remember exactly, but we hadn't had a king in a while. So we're looking for a king. We know that a king coming. They gotta be. A, they gotta be the prototype of David. They gotta be like David, because ultimately it's just like this. If you if you're the king and then you have a son, then the people it's like okay if Michael Jordan has a son, and we want his son to be able to play as good as him. If Mike Tyson had a son, we want his son to be able to fight as good as him. We're looking for somebody that's as good as his father. Is what I'm trying to say. That's what we're expecting out of our people, and we basically believe that. Um, and we still believe it, that a man's son, if he's a good man or if he's a bad man, whatever, that he's going to be something like his father. So we're hoping that he, whatever his father is rubs off on him and he continues the same work. Okay, so that's what was going on. We were looking for David to return. We, we lost control. Israel, the upper kingdom, 
We lost control over Judah. We're in slavery in our own land. So here he comes saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's talking about government. When when you see the term kingdom, we're talking about a government. We're not talking about a fantasy. We're not talking about some place in the sky. We're talking about a government. So this is why he's telling the people, look, if you're going to teach these people to disobey the laws and the commandments, you're not getting into the kingdom of heaven because you just want to make some more reprobate criminals and transgressors. That's what you're doing. That's what he's telling them. You're, you're going to create more criminals, retrobrate um, transgressors by teaching them that they don't have to keep the laws. Brother Bradley, is that making sense? Brother Ramya. Sure, brother. I think he's log- he had to log off the, the call. Uh, brother Montavious. Uh, yes, sir. It, it made perfect sense because it, they were going against the um, the foundation of <clears throat> what 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 we um, we creating by um, erecting government. So, and I yield. Yes, sir. So he's telling them, look, we want people with the right heart and the right mind. That's who we want in our kingdom. The people keep confusing the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God for the heavens and and the universe, in the sky. And they're being taught to think that way. But in reality, he's talking about self-government. He's talking the same message that Moses was talking. Let my people go so we can go govern ourselves. Live under our own law. Exact same message. Exact same remedy. Did that make more sense, Sister Crystal? Uh, yes, sir. So basically, you know, we were given the law. We were the law keepers. So basically, it just simply means that uh, he just wants to reunite the government that was originally in place. Now yield. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Now, to counter that, you got to really see this. To counter that, what, what Tiberius, well, after Tiberius, is dead. I get well. I think he dies. What thirty-seven A.D. By forty-four, 
just imagine this. From 0 A.D. until 313 A.D. Hebrews are outlawed by Rome. So they classified us as Hebrew Christians. They wanted to make sure that they knew who we were, and they took control over the doctrine. So if anybody was teaching that, they would be put to death, which is why they killed Peter and Paul. So for 300 years, Hebrews were outlawed in Israel and in Judah. and you will be put to death. Now, the difference today is, the only difference really is they want you to be a Christian in America. However, if you, well, they they don't teach you anything about what it means to be a Hebrew. So only thing that they know is Judaism which is close, you know, it's close enough, or Islam. But understand that if you're in a Christian church and you don't follow the laws and the doctrine, they will um, revoke you and disband your church. This goes back hundreds, thousands of years, a couple thousand years. They did not want us and do not want us to come back to our own nation because they know that we're going to rule again. So what their weapon was, they wanted to screw our minds up so bad with this idolatry, this idol God worship or this Jesus character. Not the real one, not the Yeshua that's in the book. They don't even, they really don't even teach the scriptures. They only pull certain things out and make you believe that they're teaching the scriptures. They're not. They're pulling out things that support their doctrine. So it appears like they're teaching it. EK, am I making sense? It does, brother. You know, what they did was um, they took what some of the things Yeshua was saying and preaching, and they mixed it with their own doctrine, so they confused the people and retroactively used the image of Serapis Christus to be able to say this is quote-unquote Yeshua, but because... And it goes back to what we just described. For 300 years, there was a period where us, uh, Hebrew, the Hebrew faith was outlawed. And even leading up to that, during that time frame, um, if we was caught practicing the Hebrew faith, we'd be put to death. So this is where the whole, this is the period where the invention of these idol gods, 
these hierarchies of idol god worship of you know this whole thing about Christianity and creating an image of Yeshua to represent quote unquote God and then control the masses of people so that way the Hebrew faith could never be accessed again. Again, this is going back to the whole concept of raising Cain, that spirit to deceive, right? And so if you could deceive the whole world, I've effectively did my job, right? And so that's what they did, you know, and that's why now it's so hard to be able to break that spell from people because for over a thousand years they've been taught Christianity. They don't even know that prior to that that what they're referring to as Christianity is actually idol God worship. They don't know that, you know, and so the churches, 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 their doctrine, who controls their doctrine at the end of the day? So this whole thing is, 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 is you know, is, is just out of whack. But, yeah, I mean, that's really what happened in a nutshell. I mean, if if for over 300 years after that, prior to that, if I could kill off the Hebrew faith and kill anybody that's going to dare speak about it, to attempt to reunify the people back to their ancient origin, we can't have that, you know? So that's what happened. So, but to make it as if that, quote-unquote, the Hebrew faith sort of exists, but it doesn't, you got to use an image that was still preaching about the Hebrew faith at that time. Who is that? Quote-unquote, Jesus. So that's what they did to the whole people, to, to the masses of people. So that's why they can't, they think that Jesus is just this God character. They don't, they can't they can't equate him to just a normal living human soul, lack of a better word. You know, so that's that's the vantage point that they 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 developed and stuck with. And I you. Yeah, and, and Tiberius was not a bloodline of. Caesar, by the way, he was adopted, which is, I I think that was that that that's an identifier of of who his bloodline actually was. But okay, th- just look at this. The Caesars, uh, I can't remember which one would have did this, but they made. They made the emperor synonymous with a deity. Okay, so it's the same thing that 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 went on in Egypt. The pharaoh became a deity. Same thing that went on with Greece. The the deity was the was the king. So then Rome adopts it, and now the the emperors are are deities. Now understand that is basically trying to counter us who are the real sons and daughters of the Most High. And we know better. We're not using this term God to mean a deity. We use it to mean um, a master teacher. Now if, if you and the thing about this that's so difficult is that 
there's so many layers of idolatry on somebody's mind that if you say this is you can actually prove this <laughs> what I'm saying and you can prove that this is the truth but there's so many layers of idolatry you got to really be careful in how you deliver it because otherwise you're going to make them angry and you're going to make them turn on you and say crucify him now who were the ones that really said crucify Yeshua? Who were the ones that really did it? They were the Pharisees. Pharisees were jealous. They were jealous of him. They knew he was telling the truth. They were jealous. They're the ones that said crucify him. And then they tried to get their followers to, to to go along with them, and that's what they did. They got their followers to, to consider him to be a heretic, which I can see why. Like, okay, if you just think about religiously, if somebody comes, one of these guys, uh, 5%ers, they, they come and they tell you, I'm God, right? The black man is God. Right. Okay, that literally sounds like some type of heretic, you know. Um, what do you mean you're God? Well, if if you think that that means you're a deity, then yeah, you're definitely out of your mind. But if you think that if you know that what it what it really means is that you're supposed to be a master teacher, and that you're a descendant the sons and daughters of the Almighty, the direct bloodline, and you put it into that perspective, then it makes it makes sense. But my point is look at why it was so dangerous to be a Hebrew. Because they they knew this. <laughs> like what we're talking about. Look, they were taught this is with their culture. We're the sons of God. We're the sons and daughters of the Almighty. We know that we're the first people to walk this earth and be civilized. We know that we built civilization itself. We're the first architects on the earth, the first mathematicians on the earth. So what they did is they outlawed the Hebrew and then they went they went and started killing all the Hebrews that were preaching this truth. And they did, they were killing them and and, and I'll just imagine well when when Peter and Paul got killed then we were like, Man, look, this is it. We you keep killing all of us. Look what's going on with us now in America. They're killing all these Negroes, right? Well, if these Negroes were preaching the, the Hebrew faith and they're dying, then we we'd be just you know we really get mad, and then we would plan a strike to fight these people in war, and that's what we did. So we went back and forth in war with them, you know, and they were killing us for three hundred years, or the ones that were left, the ones that fled. Um, if it, for three hundred years, if you saw a Hebrew in 
Israel or in Judah, or if you found a Hebrew anywhere, they got to go into slavery again, or they got to be put to death, or one or the other. So it was Constantine in 313 A.D. It was Constantine. Now, some say he was one of us. I'm not going to get into that, but it was Constantine that stopped the whole slaughter of Hebrews. He stopped it. Now, in exchange for that, during his lifetime, well, now they got to make Yeshua into the official Jesus, and they got to make him a deity. They got to make him an idol god. That's the exchange that you got there. We'll stop killing the Hebrews. We'll have religion, uh, religious tolerance, freedom of religion. But everything that you do, you got to sign up under our law, and we'll tolerate you, but we're going to make sure we monitor your, your doctrine. Then they took this Christianity and then they made a deity. And that's where our people are today. So many layers of this idol God worship that you have to get past, that you got to be really patient and really skillful to do it. I hope you all hear me. Yes, oh, so when they when it was uh, 1096 A.D. is when the Crusades officially there's a declaration of war. Crusades pop off. It's Romans versus Israelites. Romans versus Moors. The Moors are largely Israelites. Well, yeah, they're Israelites. So it's, it's Romans versus Israelites again. Even though there were Israelites that were in Islam, the Romans knew who they were. They knew they were going fighting these Israelites. They knew it. And really, that's all it's been is Romans versus Israelites. It's the whole problem here. Now, understand that the whole message for freedom is nationalization. The whole idea about the quote-unquote return of the Christ is the return of a king, a king over Israel that we have as a nation. And that king, that's the Christ, is a great military strategist. So you try and mess with us. He's going to tear your behind up. Hopefully you all can see what I'm saying. Brother Eric, are you there?
Shalama. Yes, sir. Okay. Did you did you get anything out of that last part? What are your thoughts? <clears throat> you know, my thought is uh, for the overall part that it's like uh, just like that, just like you broke it down one time with the uh, Wizard of Oz. You know, the uh, the lion lost his courage, and uh, with that doctrine of the Christianity doctrine, he lost our courage and lost you know the to, uh, to build and uh, to 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 become uh, innovators and everything else. You know, and we, uh, and as they whitewall our history, you know, they didn't make it no better. So uh, people begin to turn away from, you know, that's the white man book, and, you know, everything. They, and it's just crazy how, you know, they even say when you were speaking earlier about the slave, about the young people and the slave trade, they'll say they don't want to uh, talk about that because, you know, that's in the past. That didn't happen to them. But now I understand when they say uh, a man is a thousand years old or better in these days because your DNA go back further than you. And you have to uh, know your history or your DNA and what, what your DNA had a part of in history. It's still the same war, like you said, the Romans versus the Israelites. Because uh, it's only the white man gunning us down. I don't see the brother. I don't see a, a, a black man shooting us, you know, as a police officer. So they, <laughs> everything is under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun. And uh, with, with the information, as far as the uh, history, as far as the, the Bible, the basis of session before leaving the earth, everything coming to uh, a 360-degree uh, completion, you know, and it, that, that make it better to move further. You know, it make it uh, more confident because you know if you do have that uh, your faith and uh, with the, with the ecclesiastical, and then you know you got the law governing yourself, and you have that back in yourself. You are you you do begin to develop courage. You know, to go at it in another way. And with that, I yield. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So understand, there's certain people, types of people you don't want in your community. That's what he was preaching. Yeah, look, you you are walking around like you holier than thou, like you know so much, but you attorneys, you lawyers, you are some low-down, dirty snakes. And these harlots, these whores, and these drug dealers, they're going to get in the kingdom of heaven before you will because they're sincere about their conversion. They're sincere about the change of heart. Whereas you, this is what he's saying to them. Whereas you, attorneys, you lawyers, you just low-down vipers. You just snakes. Just to the core, you are rotten, dirty Snakes. This is what he's telling them. So no, when we when we launch this nation, you're not getting in here. But these ones that you you you're putting down these these harlots, these whores, and these drug dealers, these ones you you dogging out. Guess what? They've had a sincere conversion. Their heart has changed. 
they are real about it. But you, you're not. So you're not going to be in the kingdom. And don't come to me. The, this is him. I'm paraphrasing. Don't come in. The, don't come to me then talking about Lord, Lord. We love you. We love you. Teacher, teacher, master, teacher. We love you. No, you don't. You don't love me. You saying all this stuff. Your your lips are close to me, but your heart is way far away from me. This is all he's telling them. No, I'm not letting you in this kingdom. I'm not letting you, because we don't want you be, these types of wicked things in our kingdom. That's why we we need to put our kingdom back together so we can get away from these, these viperous um, Romans, these serpent Romans. We need to get away from them, get away from all of these Pharisees and Sadducees, and go start our own nation. That's all his message was. That's all the Bible is about. It's about us going into slavery. It's about law, us going into slavery, breaking the laws, and how do we come out of it? We come out of it by nationalizing. That's the whole key. And no, I'm not going to let you serpent into the kingdom. You can forget it. Not going to happen. But all of these babes, all these sincere ones, their hearts have been circumcised. So the laws that Moses brought, they're going to be fulfilled because the whole intent was for those laws to be written in your heart, just like it was intended in the beginning, for these laws to be written in your moral character, and that's why we had oral law, and that's what oral law is and always will be, is to be a part of our character. I say all the time, the movie, The Invention of Lies, uh, The Invention of Lying, The invention of lying, nobody in this in this place, none of them lie. And then one day this guy figured out, hey, why don't I just try and say something that's not true? And nobody comprehended it, so he could say anything, and they believed it because they didn't even know what a lie was. So he, he goes to the bank, he's like, and they're like, oh, well, you you know, your account, you don't have that much money. It's like, well, I have $20,000. And they're like, oh, really, you do? Okay, well, there must be some mistake here. Here's your $20,000. See, they didn't understand. They did not understand what a lie was. The point that I'm trying to say is those are the types of people that we're looking for, and those are the types of people that we want to bring into the nation. The people with the right heart. The people that are not criminal. People that are not mischief makers. And they're out there. Gavin, do you see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. What do you think? I think that's the foundation of how a nation is created, like you're saying. 
And in order to get to that point, you have to start afresh. You have to start with either those who have cleansed, cleansed heart, which is usually how you think, how you how you see the world, and how you indulge in you know the the betterment of your people, of your family, and um, those who are even outside your family that you want to include as um, citizens of your nation. Um, I said it before with, with one of the last um, questions that you had. My answer was, you know, trying to, the best way to go about it is, I mean, well, uh, not the best, but one of the one of the good ways to go about it is is to start with the young, younger folks. Their mind is more fresh and more new and more adaptable and moldable. But, you know, those who are of age, um, you know, above, I would say, the age of 13, 14, usually are, are harder to attract to that knowledge or that, that thought process. So, it's it's about the power of influence by leading as an example in that direction. So the best way to do it is like you're saying, write it, document it in law, and, and act it, and act the law. Whether you have to uh, discipline individuals harshly or... Um, you know, um, persuasively. And with that, I yield. Thank you, sir. This is the same message that there's always been. This is the same thinking. Now, I wonder do you get this type of thinking by going to church? I don't believe that. Um, do you get this type of thinking from Hebrews on the street? I mean, maybe. I I don't believe it. But whatever the case, it's easy to see once you start to get certain keys and subtract all of that idolatry and that self-righteousness and arrogance. And notice the people that are sincere about this nation, if there's if there's some out of the ordinary behavior, it shows. And then not only does it show we know exactly who it is. We know how to pinpoint it to the very root of the problem because it is not commonplace for certain types of things to go on in this nation. So you all know how there's been one or two individuals who some of you know, some of you ain't haven't interacted with them, 
but there are people on this line that have interacted with these one or two individuals, and they have been a problem. They have been rude. They have been disrespectful. And you know that that's not, that what we learn here does not teach us to be that way. So when they get dealt with, when they get dealt with, the whole problem is they don't like being singled out, so they usually quit or leave, or or they get put out. Because their heart wasn't right in the first place. It just wasn't right in the first place. So if your heart ain't right, believe me, eventually you will not be here. And life will make it where you won't be here. It's different if you know you got to take a leave or something. But, but, but if you take a leave of absence and then you turn against the principles that this nation stands for, why would you be welcome back? You got to change. You abandoned the principles and you went back out into the world. No, man. <laughs> no. No. Let me just put it to you this way. Not everybody, this is not for everybody. This is not. But this is a time where it is important that you get the fundamentals down of understanding the history so you can help Brother Priest and help our ministers and our and our officials and men so you can help support and help counsel those who are going to be coming in. Because we we need people that we can talk to. You know, you don't want to just feel alone in doing this thing. You need somebody you can bounce things off of. We are our own support group. So it's important that you learn more about how this history works. Now, I, I wasn't able to, I didn't have my notes with me like I usually do. I didn't know my computer was going to update, you know, at this time. But, you know, things happen. So um, I usually have it committed to memory anyway. But um, some of the things I'm saying, you just got to, we'll review them, but you just got to really think about how they work. because. This whole planet is under a massive illusion for one reason alone. They do not know how to read the Bible. They don't know how. So my teachers came and said, we're not here to teach you the Bible. We're here to teach you how to read it. And when we teach you how to read it, and you do read it, then you'll get all the answers you're looking for. And I'm telling you, the Lord is my witness. If that is not what happened to me in my life, 
It's just like I can understand it so much better when I'm looking at it through these eyes. I actually understand it. When you're looking at it from some fantasy, idolatrous point of view, you will never see the truth. You will never see how this stuff relates. Oh, it doesn't matter what color people are, what nation people are. It doesn't. Then, So you're telling me Satan can have his seed running rampant in people that are following his state of mind, and it don't matter? That doesn't matter. Are you crazy? That doesn't matter. Well, the truth is, if you don't know how history matches up with Scripture and how Scripture matches up with law and how law matches up with Scripture in history, you are going to be forever lost. You're going to be forever lost. So you won't understand. Rome made it illegal to be a Hebrew. Then they turned around classified them as Hebrew Christians and then told the whole planet that Paul and Peter and the apostles were teaching Christianity. They were never teaching Christianity and that's why Rome killed them. It's not like listen, it wasn't this wasn't the Pharisees that, that killed Peter and Paul. Of course the Pharisees were probably they were bad at Peter and Paul. As I believe uh, Paul was one of them at one time, but it, they were mad at him, you know. But when it came to them two, that was Rome. <coughs> Rome said, no, you got to get rid of all of these Hebrews. They were trying to tolerate them because they weren't making enough noise at first when it was just those 12 going out. But then they start going out all over the earth. Then they start going to country to country. And they're like, hell no. We gotta stop this. So they 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 lied on Peter and Paul. They killed them, lied on them, told the whole earth that they started Christian they they blamed Christianity on Paul. And Paul never taught Christianity. The problem is people get confused by his writing because he's talking to, to Jews and Gentiles, and he's and, and people think they think that the when he's talking to Gentiles, he's trying to that are that they're other nations, which some of them are other nations. They're mixed in just like right now. You got a bunch of Caucasians that mixed in with Negroes, and they hang out with Eminem is one of them. Right? He's hanging around Negroes. I know I've seen him. I was grew up with him. Right? He's around nothing but Negroes. So you got one or two of them in there and he's talking to the Negroes and to the Eminem. But the message is really for the Negroes, the Israelites. It re, it can it's universal so it can relate to Caucasians and foreign nations. Yes, it can. But it, it, that's not who he's preaching to directly. He just knows that they're mixed in with all them people. So that's the confusion. And so the so Rome lied on Paul and then got all these people uh, hating Paul over a Roman lie. Paul went everywhere and said, "I'm a Hebrew." 
I'm a Hebrew. He, he goes to to all these different countries. He's talking to the Galatians. He's talking to the Colossians. He's talking to the, the Ephesians. He's talking to all these different people, and he's representing the Hebrew faith. He never says he's a Christian. Even when they were calling him a Christian, he never says he's a Christian. He says, I'm a Hebrew. I hope you all see it. I did my best. I was struggling there because I didn't know how to get to that Tiberius guy. And I didn't have my notes, so I was struggling. But I got through it. The grace of the most high almighty. So thank you all for being here. Shalom, shalom. 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 Shalom.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.